Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. Brooke, with Phillies fans in Ugh. mourning, safe to say <laughs> the Delaware Valley is in mourning. I am in <laughs> today. Phys- physical pain. Crushing Game 7 loss for the Phillies to the Diamondbacks in the NLCS, falling short of the World Series for the Phils. And I think the focus is going to shift a little bit towards the Flyers, of course, the Eagles and the Sixers, but also I think the Flyers. I think some fans are going to turn the page to hockey a little bit. Great segue. Just <laughs> <laughs> like rip the Band-Aid off. Yes. Now we're going to talk about hockey. Hockey. <laughs> and the Flyers, 3-2-1 through six games. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Could be way worse. Yeah. So, Brooke, we're going to talk hockey today and look where this team is going. Uh, a couple tough losses for them. One goal losses to Stanley Cup contenders, a 5-4 overtime loss to the Stars, and a 3-2 loss to the defending champion Golden Knights, who have yet to lose, are 7-0-0, and the Flyers actually had them That's, oh on the gosh. ropes a little bit. What were your takeaways from those two losses? Are you more, hey, they need to finish these games, or no, these could be building type of losses? I mean, the first crazy road trip of the season. Yes, they were in Ottawa um, just last week, but you know, traveling out west for the first time is always a big deal. And they really just had like back-to-back, I'd say gauntlet games. Like both the Stars and the Vegas Knights are both contenders for the season. They're both highly anticipated to, you know, be two of the top teams to attempt to go the distance. So I wouldn't be surprised if so many people went into this week being like, oh my God, the Flyers are about to get steamrolled in Texas and in Las Vegas. And what you saw instead of that was, I think, a really great metaphor for what we should expect to see this entire season, which is a team that fights back, that bounces back, that answers quickly, that's not going to basically, like, fall down and give in as soon as, you know, they're in a one or two goal deficit, which is pretty incredible already when you look at the transition from last year you know they get in that deficit you're like they're they're down they're gonna lose like it's it's one of those scenarios that you know (laughs) I guess a lot of people were again expecting this year so I actually I mean listen I know the whole morale thing for losses is terrible I will gladly take a point against the stars I will gladly take a battle until the final what was it like 30 like when did, when was that final score uh, goal in Vegas it was like the last couple seconds of the 
Yeah, last 30 seconds of the game. Right. A game that ended at 1.48 (laughs) a.m. That was so much fun to watch after (laughs) the Phillies lost. I had so much fun last night, everybody. (laughs) Um, No sarcasm there. Not a lick of it. (laughs) But, you know, you look at these teams and you, like, the Flyers put up a great fight. They really did for both games. And I will take that any day. I mean, it sucks. It would have been, it would have been very flyers for them to give <laughs> Vegas their first loss of the season. But they are like, it, this is like historic right now. What the, what Vegas is doing, going seven and zero, coming off of a cup run, it, it must be nice. Yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, just overall, like really good stuff. I, again, I'm not high on like the the morale of like, oh, we lost, but this is what we gained. But I think that that's a really big point of like conversation right now. Like they lost, but they fought like hell. And we're not even 10 games into the season yet, which is such a great breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think the fans that are on board with the rebuild and are realistic about the rebuild wanted to see the strides taken this season with competitiveness. Be in games, be competitive, uh, be in games late in the third period, uh, don't quit on games. I'm not saying the Flyers quit on games in the past, but over the last couple of seasons, there were games that yeah. got away from them fast and were non-competitive. Throw in the towel, just kind of be like, hang it up for the day. Right. It was infuriating to watch. So you might you might be able to say that you didn't see that. I saw. Yeah. Sometimes so I some, listen. Sometimes I saw some quitters, and I don't see that this year. So no. Transition number one complete. Yes. <laughs> so I think that, I think fans are watching a team that's been competitive so far against some of the best teams in the league, and they're also seeing another thing about a rebuilding team, and that's some young players playing. And you can't say the Flyers haven't looked young. Part of that has been because of injuries, but. These two games on the road, they had a really young back end. Igor Zamula, Cam York, Emil Andre, uh, 23 years old, 22 years old, and 21 years old. So half their back end is kids, uh, and they're playing some prospects up front and Forrester and Brink. So I think you're seeing some promises be fulfilled in the rebuild, and that's wanting to be more competitive and also making sure they're still looking at younger players. I think the Flyers have checked off those two boxes so far. So to me, tough losses, but... I expect them to lose those games. The fact that they were competitive uh, and they didn't quit and and you're seeing some young players play, I think are all positives to me for er, this early in the season. 3-2-1 uh, is not a bad thing. No. I mean, I, I looked at it this way. Going in, my biggest concern was the blue line, how mm-hmm. they were going to match up defensively. And I really just, I want to commend Carter Hart, especially last night against Golden Knights, who basically stood on his head for majority of the game because it, <laughs> Vegas wasn't going to make it easy, mm-hmm. and they certainly didn't. Um, and it's great to know that you have that level of confidence in your goaltender, especially this early in the season, being so locked in. Um, again, with the whole sense of like breath of fresh air, not that Hart has struggled in the past, but just kind of really like jumping right out of the gate, being like, yeah, I'm going to give this team a chance every single time I'm between the pipes. Yeah, You can't ask for anything better, and you're going to have growing pains with the, um, the younger guys defensively because that's just that it comes with the league. You're going to have, you know, your top line out against, you know, a a pair of young 20 year olds. They're going to struggle, but that's how you learn. That's how you grow, you know? So it's, 
it's it's really reassuring and then i can't i can't talk enough about how fun bobby brink has been yeah i his assist with on the Faraby goal the other day yeah. was just so instinct it, it was just i can't i can't explain it he in an instinct went to pass to Faraby right in front of the net, gave him the open shot instead of just, I would have been like, yeah, just dump, like try and like squeeze it through um, the pads of the the goalie. And he, no, he got it to Faraby and it was just, I, he's going to be good. I know. He's going to be good, Jordan Hall. (laughs) No, for real, Brooke, I feel like you see a young player in that spot. You know, he's in the slot. He's like a foot away from the goalie. He's just getting that back on that real quick. Instead, like, he has the presence of mind to, like, collect himself and find Farabee right there on the doorstep. I had his uh, college coach, David Carl, tell me years ago for a feature story that I wrote that his, his hands and vision are elite. And obviously, I had not seen him play a ton yet sure. at that point. So it was more like, okay, well, I guess we'll see whenever he gets here. I mean, he, he's been as advertised to me. His, his hands and vision are elite, and you can see why he's here and helping the team. And that's an exciting part, I think, if you're a Flyers fan. This kid's only 22. 22. 22, and he's like, he's given them no reason to send him down or to not even be in the lineup. Like, I think he's almost solidified his spot in the lineup. I do think the Flyers will keep a close eye on him to see how he progresses over an NHL grind. He's a smaller guy. Sure. But uh, I think he's earned his spot in the lineup right now. And 100%. he's going to have to fall off for them to take him out of it. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff from Bobby Brink. <laughs> Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Brooke, I think one thing that we expected is something that we have seen is the team is struggling to score a bit. Mm -hmm. They're going to struggle to score goals. I don't think that's... Rocket science, that is something we expected. Plain and, I, and simple. Something I think in-house the Flyers knew they were going to battle a little bit. They know they don't have uh, super high-end talent littered across the lineup that's going to mm-hmm. score goals consistently. One guy that maybe could help if he's in the lineup is Morgan Frost. Uh, who, would, who would have thought that? But what? he's been a healthy scratch the last four <laughs> games. I think people are wondering when is Morgan Frost going to be back in the lineup. Have you agreed with the decision to bench him for four games? Eh. And when do you think we might see him again, Brooke Destra? Um, do I agree with it? No. <laughs> Can I end my statement there? No. I'm no. Kidding. Okay. No. No. <laughs> that would be a very quick podcast. Simple and cut. No. Yes. Um, I understand the the notion to maybe sit him for a game or two. I think four is a significant stretch. I understand John Tortorella's perspective, though, where it's like. I don't just want to throw him in and give him, you know, bottom of the barrel minutes. So I respect that. However, having Frost, who at the turn of the calendar year last year, led the team in goals to miss four games this early in the season. I'm like, that's that's very interesting. And I'm not, you know, don't don't question it. Like the Flyers are still trying to figure things out. But I think that there might be a window of opportunity if you see Forrester still struggling throughout it's like what a four game homestand the Flyers are coming up on um, mm-hmm. starting Thursday um, where you know if he's limited on minutes and he's still struggling to even get a shot on goal then maybe it makes sense to swap him and Frost and see you know if we can add any <laughs> any type of chaos to the offense 
No, I think that's <laughs> incredibly fair point. And one thing I think, if there's one player that Frost will come in for, I think it's going to be Tyson Forrester. Mm-hmm. He played only 12 and a half minutes last night, didn't have a shot on goal. He committed a penalty. It looks like he's, I think, struggling to find himself a little bit offensively up here, and that's fine. He's 21 years old. Growing pains. Growing pains. This is what happens in a rebuild when you have so many young guys. So it's not like hit the panic button, scream, run around in circles. Like it's, you got to figure it out. But uh, if if Tortorella is looking to find somewhere to get Frost into the lineup, I mean, I think there's a player right there that hasn't really answered the bell yet offensively, is fighting it, hasn't really been showing his biggest strength, and that's his shot. So I think it could be Frost going in for Forrester. And one thing I'll say about that, too, is I know the team has said, hey, we're happy with Forrester in his 200-foot play. He's, you know, he's, he's checked well. He's, he's played that overall NHL game that we want to see. But they've held Frost to a standard of, hey, he's an offensive player. He's a top-six type of player. We need to see offense. And if he's not creating offense, you know, 200-foot play doesn't really matter that much. I think they need to hold Forrester to the same standard, personally. I mean, you can't just... Yeah. Say Frost is the only guy that needs to show offense, and if if he's not, then he comes out. But Forrester, hey, if he's not scoring, it's okay. He No, I think they need to be held to the same standard in some way. And right now, Forrester just has not cut it offensively. And I don't think it's a positive that he's playing like 12 minutes, you know, some games. Like, he needs to play minutes, just like, just like Morgan Frost needs to play minutes, too, when he's in the game. So uh, that's, that's where I stand. I, I don't really agree that he sat four straight games, I think. Two games that he played is a short leash for a guy that played really well down the stretch last year. I think he should be back in the lineup soon. Um, when that will be, I'm I, not sure. But I'd, I'd be shocked if he's not in either tomorrow against Minnesota or Saturday against Anaheim. Yep. I, I would be shocked. Just because, you again, first of all, you don't want him sitting that long. It's it's one thing to have him you know, practicing and skating with the team, but... You know, you, you still need to have that whole element of, hey, we are so early in the season, we don't want him to go cold. Yeah. So, you know, Forrester has the ability where if he has to go down to Lehigh Valley, he can. Frost doesn't have that. No. <laughs> exactly. So if you want Forrester to play and get minutes and kind of build his confidence, I could see him going down to Lehigh Valley. And again, not a bad thing. He's 21. It's fine. It's growing pains. Right. But you need Frost in there. And I think there was um, a lot of debate about the rotation of prospects early on in the season. The Flyers had good decisions to make on defense and at forward. On defense, they've kind of had their decisions made by injuries to Mark Stahl and Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, that was less than ideal. <laughs> yes. Ristolainen has yet to make his season debut. He, John Torella told reporters, uh, Jeff Nyberg of the Inquirer, Kevin Kurz of The Athletic, on this road trip that Ristolainen had a setback apparently, and uh, they're not quite sure when he's going to be back. And, of course, Mark Stahl suffered that injury. The final home game, I believe, against the Oilers Mm -hmm. before this road trip. Upper body, sounds like it's week-to-week type of thing. So they've had their decisions made on defense. Yep. These prospects are (laughs) playing because they have to play. At forward, I mean, I feel like there's still a battle between Forrester and Brink. And right now, Brink's looking like he should play. He's playing big minutes. He's playing well. Um, and this I, was a huge discussion that we had leading into like opening night right. roster like lineup. We both openly were like, "Yeah, we see Bobby Brink making this over Forrester." And again, it's not a knock to Tyson at right. all. It's just Brink is playing at the caliber that you need, and he's fighting every single game to be like, "I deserve this spot." Yep. And he has so. 
I, I agree with the whole needing to hold Forrester accountable the same way that you're holding Frost accountable. Mm -hmm. And I think Frost has also rightfully earned the level of, hey, like, I should be in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, I, yeah. No, absolutely. I think he had a pretty good runway last year and he answered the bell. Last year, you know, from January on, they were asking young players to step up and seize roles. And I mean, he led the team in scoring from January on. I thought he did a good job and earned himself a little bit longer of a leash. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing with Forster is I think it would not be the end of the world, as you mentioned, if he went down to Lehigh and was the guy down there. I mean, Lehigh's struggling a little bit. Just build the confidence. Yeah. Let him skate. Give him more than 12 minutes of ice time. Exactly. It's not going to help him at all. If anything, it's going to hinder him. Right. And the big done and exactly the, and, and the big thing was they don't want to block their kids. Well, Forster has a 24 year old that would be subbing in for him. It's it's not like um, the Flyers are playing some 32 year old veteran forward over Tyson Forster. They have a 24 year old center who they're trying to figure out if he's a part of this rebuild, uh, mm -hmm. a very capable player to put up some offense. Um, I don't think it would be a bad thing if Morgan Frost drew in. Tyson Forrester came out, and if he actually went to Lehigh, again, I think he would go down there. He would be the man, and uh, he would put up points, and I think he will be back here soon. And as you mentioned, Brooke, doesn't require waivers no. to go down. So Why why even question it? Just like get, get Frost in, send Forrester to Lehigh for a little bit. Done. And you think, Brooke, this rotation probably needs to stop soon. I, I I just don't think it's real positive to have Morgan Frost sitting. I don't think it's positive no, to have Tyson not at Forrester all. sitting. Um, you I've, want the young guys to play, and that is the biggest thing that we had said this offseason as well. But that was a completely different situ situation where we were like, we don't want the veterans taking over time for these young guys to figure out who is going to fit in this rebuild and who is not. Mm -hmm. This is young kid who can who is not, does not have to clear waivers and somebody who clearly does and needs to play. Yeah. Frost sitting four games, I just, I, I don't like that at all. The more that I think about it, the angrier I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, th I think it's justified. I think there's a lot of fans out there that are probably seriously wondering why Frost sat four games. Um, he should not be sitting four straight games. I think they need to nope. see what they have in him. Uh, and the, I think the Flyers have some decisions coming up. Uh, I'm not sure when exactly they'll come, but they do have a four-game homestand coming up. Uh, so they'll, they'll be closer to home, closer to Lehigh, where maybe they can get players to and from. So maybe we will see some decisions soon uh, to have these prospects playing more minutes, uh, more games, better opportunities to develop. I just think it makes too much sense. Yeah. Too much sense. Brooke, my final question for you. Over the first six games here, any players, doesn't have to be a prospect or an older player, any players that maybe have stood out to you a little bit uh, that maybe have caught your eye? For me, one would be Travis Sanheim. I think yeah. he looks like a different player. He's five assists in six games. He's playing big-time minutes, and I've, I've liked the way he has looked. How about you? I, I remember Ottawa game aside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just don't talk about They flushed that game. No one was happy with how they don't played. Don't talk <laughs> about game two of the season. If yeah. you take Genuinely, though, if you take game two out of the equation, they have played a great start to the season. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I always do the whole, you give it 15, 20 games, and then you're going to see how they really are as yeah. a team. Because... <laughs> <laughs> they started going to wind up happening. They started 4-1-1 one, one in 2021-22 and mm -hmm. they finished with 57 losses that year. Yeah, so it's like you never really know Never really know how things go. <laughs> what's going to happen, but 
again, taking Ottawa out of the equation, I fully agree with Sandheim, and I could not be happier about that situation, especially given, you know, Ristolainen being out and Stahl being out for the foreseeable future. You, you're going to need him to step up in any capacity, and he's he's made some eh, questionable turnovers at, you know, iffy times, but Carter Hart has most times than not bailed him out. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't really <laughs> been as big as an issue as big of an issue as it has been in the past. Yeah. Um, and what does he have? He's got five assists in, in six games. Yep. And, you know, having him contribute anything offensively is obviously a huge deal as well. Um, but I just, yeah, commending Sandheim to, because he knows that he needs to fix the narrative of mm-hmm. himself and how people, you know, perceive his position on this team and I think he he hit the ground running to start this season which is awesome I also just want to take a commend Noah Cates yeah who has been crushing it and then Travis Konechny which is more of like a state the obvious thing but but I'm like the shorthanded goals insane we didn't even talk about the power kill Jordan yeah I know the power kill is back four shorthanded goals for the team so far they have one on the power play (laughs) three Against Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was wild. And that was insane. And a good sign of them not quitting. No. I mean, they're down 4-2 in the third period, and they're on the PK, and I'm like, this game's over. Mm-hmm. And then they rip off two straight shorthanded goals, and suddenly they, they're in overtime. I I mean, Walker kudos. and Konechny, I mean, you just you have to commend them and give them credit where credit's due. Even if you don't think this team is going anywhere this season, like you said, they are fighting. Like, mm. I have not seen them fight in a handful of years, which is exciting. I don't care that it is, like, game six of the year. Yeah. I don't. It's It's fun. It's a breath of fresh air. And I am a sucker for shorthanded goals. So I have been enjoying the past couple weeks with that. Yeah, no, that's been really fun. And yeah, with Sandheim, of course, it's only six games in, as we alluded to. He's got to build on it. But there was so much talk, as you mentioned, about the offseason and his year prior. We had so much to discuss about him right. this offseason. Uh, and he, I mean, a quick start is a quick start. It's, he, he, I think uh, there's something to be said for him starting well uh, and kind of answering the bell early. Uh, but, of course, so many more games to go where I think just about everyone needs more to prove. As we mentioned, we've seen Flyers get off to nice little starts yeah. over the last five, six years. It's like build up hope and then it's like, meh. Yeah. So, just kidding. It's just kind of like how the Phillies hurt me last night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you build up hope and then it's like, no. And then they crush it. We're going to lose and I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's, oh. Well, Brooke, hopefully you're not crying much more moving forward. <laughs> we don't want to see you tear. We don't want to see you in tears. <laughs> ben Berry does our podcast producer. That's that was so cold. Rude. They might have a conversation after this one. Mm. Square <laughs> up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But Brooke, it is early and there's been some positives to look at with the Flyers. And I think a lot more to be seen and evaluated. We'll have it all here on the Flyers Talk podcast. Four game homestand coming up Thursday against the Wild. Uh, ESPN Plus broadcast, and then Saturday uh, afternoon game against the Ducks. Yep. One o'clock on our air, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Brooke, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Hope you're hanging in there with the fills. Stop. It hurts. Turn the page. I know that was just another. <laughs> Ugh, you're jabbing me. Yes. It's still, wrap up the podcast. Time for <laughs> hockey. Yeah, wrap it up. But time for hockey. Time for the Flyers. Ben Barry, our podcast producer, a big thank you to Ben as well. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.